Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. It's so good to see y'all's faces. It was good to serve with you yesterday. If you are new, my name is Greg McKinney. My wife and I are the lead pastors here at Glory Church, and yesterday we had a serve day. We, we try to do it. We don't do it annually. We try to do it quarterly. We have, hopefully, as many serve days as we possibly can uh, shoved into a year. Uh, yesterday was our summer one, and as you heard, we had three amazing groups do some amazing things. So thank you, those of you who served with us. Uh, it was honestly one of my favorites, uh, one of my favorite serve days so far. I feel like we got to, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but the, the teams who are at the gardens, the two people who uh, you got to meet are genuinely far from God, and they don't want anything to do with, with church people. But you guys got to literally show them that the Spirit of the Lord is real. Joy is found, uh, that, that what, what true uh, love and reconciliation looks like. So thank you, those of you who were a light and who were loving to those, those guys, the, the people, the, the people who, who fed you. One team got uh, some ice cream involved, and some of the neighbors brought ice cream. I know. You, sh- you should have been a part of that group. I know. But here we are. Uh, hopefully, if you've been with us at all this summer, you have been uh, very thankful for the steadiness that we've had a little structure uh, with us this summer. We have been diving into the fruit of the Spirit, and we called it Spirit-filled. And uh, honestly, it has provided us nice little in and out. Those of you who maybe are traveling a lot this summer, uh, you know what to expect. Uh, if you have, maybe you enjoy this morning's message and you're like, where the rest of them? Uh, we have on our website all of the messages there. Also on our podcast, if you're a podcast lover, just type in Glory Church KC and you can listen to all of it. This is week seven of it. So uh, we've been diving into some fruit and I hope you've been like me. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, I have tried to take it from a perspective that's not common for me. Um, I've tried to really ask God, how are these things spiritual? If you call them spiritual fruit, and they're not just like good attributes, you know, like let's be loving, let's be kind. Uh, you know, it's that, that the mean girls, why can't we just all love one another like we used to when we were in middle school? And then the, the, someone in the background is like, you don't even go here. Yeah, that whole scene, it's not just love and kindness and gentleness and these, these fluffy things, but no, there's this spiritual wake that happens when joy enters a room. And so there's this spiritual thing. And so I've really been trying to ask God, like, how are these spiritual? If you call them spiritual fruit, fruit of the spirit, then what makes them that way? And so we're diving into week seven this morning. And uh, if I could just let you know already, when I was prepping this message, I I broke down a bit. I I started crying because this fruit is just precious. Uh, (laughs) This fruit is precious. It is the, the fruit of faithfulness faithfulness. And I, I'll tell you, faithfulness is one of those like fruits that, uh, goodness, everyone in the world would claim that faithfulness is a good thing relationally, right? Like no one wants an unfaithful person. You don't go in it saying, I'll take the wishy-washy man. Like, I just really want myself a flaky girl. Like, I really want someone who is just going to leave me behind. Like, no one chooses that. The world, every single one of, one of us, whether we know God or not, what we know is we will take faithfulness over unfaithfulness any day of the week. 
faithful people. We, we want it. And it's so interesting uh, because where the world gets this wrong is they just deem this word as loyalty only. The faithful. Faithfulness. You know, people that you can depend on. Some of you are more faithful than others. Uh, when it comes, you're the faithful friend. You're the one who's always available, right? The world says, like, if you're flaky, you're not faithful. If you're loyal, that is what it means. But in the, this word, it actually is connected to every other time in Scripture where the word faith is used. In fact, this could be the fruit of faith instead. And it's really interesting that, that the word faithfulness is literally the same thing that's like when uh, we are saved by grace through faithfulness. It's the same word. It's used everywhere in Scripture. They, they, they had great faith. Wow, woman, great, what great faithfulness you have. It's the same word, and uh, it's really beautiful when you look at it that way. Some translations, maybe yours even says the fruit of faith. It means to believe with a complete trust, or you are completely dependable. You have this dependency on another thing, that you depend on the presence of another. Uh, Another translation that I found or a definition was like that you have this uh, complete certainty regarding a trust of something. That's what the fruit of faithfulness means. And it's really interesting because where the world misses the mark is right here. Because think about it, though you want a faithful person, I mean, I think of like all the TV shows where they try to like, you know, bachelor, bachelorette, where they're like, I'll just take someone who's loyal. What the world doesn't realize is the faithfulness, though we long for it, what does the average person doubt? They doubt the loyalty of others. They have a trust issue. The average person in the world struggles to believe that people really have their back. And the reason is they don't have faithfulness because faithfulness is not just this ability to be dependable, but it's really the ability to depend. And it's really powerful. I actually wrote it. It's not just the worldly thinks uh, faithful people are dependable people, which is true. But the Bible speaks that faithful people are dependent people. Dependent. And that's where, like, it's just, it's so beautiful. When we depend on God, we instantly have this ability to be dependable. When we have faith in the Lord, we instantly provide faithfulness to others. It's really cool. And I, so I wrote this down. Show me someone who is in a season where they're lacking faith. And I've been there. Maybe you're there. Maybe you're in a season where you're just like, I, I struggle. I've been doubting. I've been caught, like, having so many questions and concerns. Show me someone who is in a season where they are lacking faith, and I will show you someone who is not very loyal to the Lord. They go hand in hand. Show me someone who is doubting, and I'll show you someone who's struggling with faithfulness. It, it, it's really the same thing. In fact, one commentator really said, faithfulness is the attribute of the one who has rich faith. Can you put that up? Faithfulness is the attribute of the one who has rich faith. They go hand in hand. And I say all of that because I need you to understand this. Like in scripture, there's saving faith, right? Then there is living faith, which is the fruit of faith. The, The faith that gives you the obedience today. The faith that says, Jesus, you have saved me and today I'm gonna walk saved. That's that's fruit of faith. 
And then there's those powerful people in the room who we need you. We need you to step up more often who have the gift of faith, right? That's also a spiritual gift. So the all, are, are, all are needed. But you have been given, if you're a believer, faithfulness. And it's such a beautiful thing, faithfulness. In fact, if I could tell you, faithfulness is so beautiful, it's prized, it's honored by God. Did you know Hebrews writes that, that without faith, it's impossible to please him? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And because of the Spirit, we can. We can. And now, when I was doing this, uh, I'll tell you where we're going this morning is I'm about to give you at the end of the message three, and I need everyone to like to stick with me because uh, at the end of the message, we're going to give you three very faith-building phrases that you can add in your life. Maybe you're like, yeah, I struggle with faith, which means I probably struggle with loyalty to the Lord. So I'm going to give you three like faith-building phrases to add into your day. But before we get there, I want us to like recognize the wound of unfaithfulness. In fact, all eyes at me, did you know that you've been wounded by unfaithfulness? Can we just realize the wound of unfaithfulness? In fact, though we want to focus on the unfaithfulness wound that we have, it's really powerful. The faithfulness of the Lord has constantly, constantly been met throughout history with the unfaithfulness of his people. If you want to talk about who's been wounded by unfaithfulness, it's the Lord. And so I just want to, before we get into what broke me down is looking at what we can do. In fact, if you want to know the beauty of it, I'll I'll read this slide. You write it down, and then we're going to dive into it. The fruit, this fruit, the reason it's so beautiful, in my opinion, the reason this is so beautiful is it provides us with the ability to not just respond to God's faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Right? We just sing that. Or those of you who are more old school, great is your faithfulness. Oh, God, my Father. Right? The beauty of this fruit is that we don't just get to respond to his faithfulness, but literally for the first time, we can constantly reciprocate. Do you know what that means? Like we can constantly copy and paste that faithfulness back to the Lord. Now, I don't know if you understand how beautiful that is, but it is beautiful. In fact, in Hosea, I'm going to just dive a little bit into the sheer beauty of this. Have you guys ever heard of, just a show of hands, this is a little action step. Have you guys ever read or heard or dove into the book of Hosea in the Old Testament? Anyone? It's a crazy book. All right, so there's some prophets like Jeremiah um, who, and I stick with me because this is going to be crazy. There's some prophets like the, the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament who was like, hey, God was like, I, I need you to tell the people of Israel some really harsh things. And Israel was, um, <laughs> they were not prepared for the rude words, the rude awakening that was going to come from Jeremiah's lips. But Hosea was on another a whole other playing field as a prophet. It wasn't, hey, I'm going to have you speak some harsh things. Hosea was, hey, I'm going to have you do some really hard things. And it's going to show Israel something powerful. And so if you've never heard the story, this is what happens. God comes to Hosea. There's a 14-chaptered book. And he says, I want you to marry a prostitute. Literally, Scripture says, it uses the more 
you know, whore is the word used. I want you to go find a whore and I want you to ask her to marry you. And back in this day, marriage meant I want you to give her value. I want you to allow her to have property. I want you to realize that she has meaning. I want you to reclaim her name. I want you to show that she has the ability to stand in society as a bride. I want you to redeem her. It, it's, a, it's really deep. And so Hosea does the hard task of finding the prostitute and marrying her. And we see over and over, and it's so sad time passed, and though the, the, his wife bore him children, she also bore children of other men because countless times she left him. She lied to him. The story of Hosea is 14 chapters long, and you read the countless times she left. She gave her life to, to a slave master, and countless times he would buy her back. He would chase after. She would lie. She would use. She would abuse Hosea, yet he was constantly there. And in the third chapter of Hosea, after she left again, we get the point very bluntly of why God is doing this. It says this in chapter three, the Lord has said to me again, Go and love a woman who has a lover and is an adulteress, just as the Lord loves the people of Israel, though they have turned other gods and love themselves some raisin cakes. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you love yourself a raisin cake, but the people of God did. <laughs> and it says... So Hosea bought her for 14 shekels of silver and a homer of barley and a measure of wine. He bought her back. And now to make sense of this, raisin cakes, it actually it means sacred raisin cakes. And these are a type of meal that was a part of very promiscuous worship. The God of Baal, B-A-A-L was a God very familiar to Israel at this time, and these raisin cakes were a part of worship. In other words, they were literally filling their tummies, their stomachs with things that would satisfy them. I mean, everyone love a good raisin cake. They would satisfy them, but a satisfaction that was not of the Lord. He's like, I, I need you to go back to that woman. Redeem her back. Pay for her again but she's mine, God. No, pay for her again. She's in the hands of another because I have done it over and over. I mean, in Israel, if you know anything about the story, they were unfaithful, yet God was faithful, right? They were unfaithful, yet God was faithful. He even spoke prophecies over them. Like, this is what cracked, like, it, it broke me down. Hosea chapter two, it says, Israel, I will take you for my wife forever. And I'll get out of the way so that you can read this. I will take you for my wife forever. I will take you for my wife in righteousness and in justice and in steadfast love and in mercy. And I will take you for my wife and faithfulness. And you shall know the Lord. It's all these future tense things because yet again and again and again, God's faithfulness was met with Israel's unfaithfulness. Their love for him was this contingent. It was this not yet. And countless times, I mean, if you want to write this down like, and read it later, I would encourage you to do so. Countless times, write a few chapters. Write Hosea chapter 6. It's a short chapter in the book where Israel runs back to God, and they're so needy, and they want him back. And he takes them back. 
And then write chapter 7 down, where Israel goes after their own thing again, leaves him behind, goes after another god. And then chapter 8, God sums it up right here. Chapter 8, verse 4, it says, They made kings, but it wasn't through me. They were setting up princes and leadership, but it was without my knowledge. Can I tell you, if faithfulness is what pleases God, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's what Hebrews said. If faithfulness is what pleases God, then can we all agree that unfaithfulness grieves him? Grieves him. In fact, Isaiah 63, verse 10. None of these will be up here, but it clear, the creator God says he is grieved over his people. They've left him. It grieves. He grieves. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. It says, live this way, or chapter 6, verse 30. Am I wrong? No, it is 4. I was, I was good. Chapter 4, verse 30 Paul is like, hey, live with this way. Don't let any corrupt mouth words come from your mouth. Like, live honorable. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, when we do actions of another way, it grieves God. When we do actions of disloyalty, it grieves the Holy Spirit. So we got the creator God grieving in Isaiah. We got God the Spirit grieving in Ephesians, and then as Jesus is riding on a donkey to Jerusalem, Luke 19 says, Jesus weeps over the city because he knows that they are not going to believe him. They're not going to have faith in him. You want to talk about something that pleases God? Faithfulness. But our God has been historically hurt, mourns, grieves, over the unfaithfulness of his people. But I want to go back to the story of Hosea. Can we just re- realize how vulnerable Hosea made himself out to be? Like, I don't know if you, you have ever been in this position where God has told you to be the faithful one amidst everyone who is disloyal. But that's vulnerable. Hosea literally made himself susceptible to, their, to her lies, susceptible to her um, abuse, misuse. He made himself uh, susceptible to uh, her, her literal disobeying, disobedient, betrayal, denial over and over. And this is what our God does. Like God has literally made himself susceptible to our misunderstanding, to where we could get it wrong over and over. He has made himself susceptible, Jesus, to betrayal, to denial. God's faithfulness is so beautiful that he has made himself vulnerable to the mocking of people. Like, it's so astounding. But the reason I broke down was because over and over and over and over and over, for all of creation, God remained faithful. And I think the reason is this, and I need you to realize this, Glory Church, because he looked forward to the day when his faithful son would die and his Holy Spirit, his very presence would be in people. And for the first time, for the, do you realize when the Holy Spirit fell, for the first time, God's people could be constantly faithful back to him. Like, can we own how beautiful that is? For the first time, we can literally reciprocate God's faithfulness. We can be a bride who is able, who is able to stand with her husband. 
Like, that's just gorgeous. Like, I don't know. I broke because, like, the beauty of this fruit is that unlike any other fruit, yes, I could be faithful to my wife, which I'm thankful that I, I have the ability. I could be a faithful friend. I could be a faithful son. But the beauty of this is that for the first time, I can be faithful to God. Like, I can stand as his bride constantly. The enemy cannot spur within me an unfaith that separates me from my husband, right? Like, does that make sense? Like, that's so beautiful. And so really, like, if I can just make sense of this, what Jesus, what God, what the Spirit knew was that his beloved would now be freely faithful. We can now be freely faithful. At one point, it was this, like, flaky faithful, Like, I want you when I want you, and then I want my raisin cakes when I want my raisin cakes. I want you, but I also want the cakes. We have been redeemed to be freely faithful, and that's beautiful. Like, the fruit of faithfulness is one that I'm like, God, like, every single time that I believe you are good enough, you are pleased, and my faithfulness is seen. God, every single time where I trust you, even though I could have trusted myself, you're pleased. My faithfulness is seen and your bride makes you happy. Like every single time we, we dive in instead of run away, like that faithfulness is seen, God is pleased and his bride is united with him. Like it's just beautiful. In fact, the last chapter of Hosea is the best one. We don't ever know the story, the end story, like, the, the woman's name is Gomer, one sad name. Uh, woman's name is Gomer. We never know if Gomer ever stayed with Hosea. We don't know the end of the story. And that's the sad part. Did Gomer, was, was she ever faithful to Hosea? I don't know. But what we do know is Hosea chapter 14 ends in this way. It's interesting over and over and over through 14 chapters, the word of the Lord has spoken she as the pronoun. She, as in Israel. She, 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 she. And I'm over and over. But for the first time in Hosea chapter 14, there is a masculine pronoun used. And it's really powerful. If you realize, and we know the end of the story, there was a masculine pronoun that changed our story, Jesus. And so here it says, I will heal their disloyalty. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them, and I will be like the dude to Israel. And he, and it's like, where does he come from? He shall blossom like the lily, and he shall strike root like the forest in Lebanon, and his shoots shall spread, shall spread out, and his beauty shall be like the olive trees, and his fragrance like that of Lebanon, and then they shall it's really beautiful. Go to the next, next one. They shall live again beneath my shadow. They collectively, the groom and his bride, my people and me, they shall flourish as a garden. They shall blossom like a vine. Their fragrance shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Oh, Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am an evergreen cypress and your faithfulness, it comes from me. See, faithfulness, it's the one fruit, yes, that I can give to others. 
but it's the one fruit that I can literally give to God what is his, his faithfulness. It's gorgeous. It breaks me down. Like he could literally look at you and say, we are one. Because it wasn't my faithfulness mixed with their unfaithfulness and I overcompensate. No, literally I see me in them and what I give them can be matched. Like it's just beautiful. Oh, like I'm getting chills. And so I don't know about you, but I want a faithfulness that is genuine. I want one that is true. I, I, like faithfulness is literally, this is why the world doesn't understand it. It is not matched like that in the world. Faithfulness one moves mountains because we are one with God. But faithfulness two is a shield to the lies of the enemy. Do you, have you ever caught that? Like literally, you know, be strong and put on, our kids are learning that, uh, the armor of God today. We have a fun little uh, armor, a whole little soldier kit. My son, Kent, if you know anything about him, he's been like all about it. We're like, dude, you're going to break it before Sunday. But it's this whole little like plastic soldier kit because they're doing the armor of God today. One of the armor of God is the shield of faith, of faithfulness. That literally, it protects you. It's interesting. Talk to the world and ask them what the faith in God does. And they think that is one unstable. How can you trust in a God? That sounds very unprotecting. That, like, I would rather store for myself what can protect me. Think about it. The world shields with money, with comfort. The world shields with power. The world shields with all the protection. Like, we can't have a baby yet, babe, because we don't have the money yet to protect the baby yet, right? Like, that's, that's what the world says. We're not ready yet. We got we to gotta store up. And faithfulness is the shield that protects. And it's so beautiful. You don't need more. You don't need a better you don't need a better plan. You don't need to earn more, save more, do more. Well, some of you maybe do need to save more. Um, but that's not what will protect you. Faith, your lack of loyalty to the Lord, if we get that corrected, it is like a shield. It protects, it homes, it secures, it makes stable. It is a shield. And so I've got three things, and then we're going to call it done. And this is really quick, so I hope that you're ready to, to write them down. These are three very simple phrases. These aren't like magic statements. This isn't like abracadabra. But these are phrases that if you add them into your prayers and mean them, it will change your perspective. So they're very simple phrases. And the first one is this, the phrase, even if. I think you need to have an even if mentality. It means this, even if I get fired today, even if that check never comes in, even if I get sick, even if I die from cancer, my mom would say this, even if cancer takes me home, it's not going to be cancer that takes me home, it's going to be the Lord. So even if I'm going to give the Lord glory for his kingship over my life, even if, even if they leave me, even if things don't turn out, even if I, I stay alone all my life, even if I will still praise, I will still stand, I will still give, I will still glorify, I will still praise, I will still worship, I will still bow down, I will still say no to that, I will still say yes to him, I will still 
Like even if is a faithful phrase. You add even if to something, God's, God is pleased. The world can't say even if because they're like, but what if, right? But what if? No, even if I will still, like I'll still be. Because what if can happen and even if is like already there. God is here, right? Like, what if can happen, but e- even if it does, I'm standing. Some of you need to do that one. You need to add that. And the next one is this. It's very simple, but God. I love every time in Scripture when, but this is a, this is a faithful phrase. A lot of times in Scripture, it's like this sin happened, this, 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 this. They were, they, you know, alone in your, in, your, in your transgressions. You were in the kingdom of darkness, all of these things, but God. But God, you want to have a faith-filled day, add but God into your phrases. I'm having a sucky day, but God is here. And so obviously it can't be sucky. Like there's this loyalty that I need to have, this reality that, that I, am, I am full of faith because God is here, but God. Faith believes this endless statement that but God If you want to write something down, write this, that faith actively brings the awareness of him. That's the but God. And to every consideration, every desire, I want this but God. Every decision, I'm trying to think about this, but God, what? what? Every concern, I'm really afraid of this, but God. Every question, Every doubt, every worry can be met with this but God. And it's an active thing. It, it, you have to actively choose to put this phrase into your life. Some of you are like, but money, but sickness, but people. I'm just, I'm just tired of but people. Like, I could do that all, like, but people are annoying. <laughs> yeah, they are. But people are not trustworthy. I know. But people hurt me. But God. And so there's that change. There's that change. I also wrote this down. But God, it, it, phrase, that phrase, it believes that he's not this. And some of you really do this. I, I, I do this at times. But God reminds you that God is not this um, helpful variable added into your day. Is this making sense? God's not this helpful variable. He's not that capital X added into the equation of your day that will change things up for your better. No, he is the divine constant that has his hand on every variable to make them good. Like it's this, but God is not this, he's not this little, little side note that, oh, I'm going to pray to this so that he's a part of it so it's better. No, he's a part of this, but God He's constant. Does that make sense? It's a very different approach to things, and we got to do it as faith-filled people. And the last one is this. It's the phrase, so be it. So be it. Can you put that one up? So be it. There's even if, there's but God. And then walking, if I can have you put that up, so be it. Thanks, man. So be it. It's shark week. He's dealing with the sharks. He's fishing right now. So be it. Did you know the Hebrew word for faith is A-M-A-N, amon, which then is translated into Greek, 
like amen, amen. And uh, Jesus used it a, uses it a lot, like the uh, truly, truly, I tell you, that's amen, amen, I tell you. Like it's so be it, it's, it's, this is a fact. This is how it will be. Believe it to be so. Uh, like it will be this way. So be it. Did you know that when you say amen at the end of a prayer, it's not like sincerely, Greg. <laughs> Some of you are like, and Jesus, amen. Blessing. I end every email with blessings, Greg McKinney. That's not what amen means. Like it's not the sincerely. So be it is what amen means. It literally means everything that I just said. I believe it to be because I believe my connection with you. I am your bride. Like I believe this to be, so be it. That is a faith-filled question. That also means like, make sure, let's make sure that we're not asking for anything out of selfishness or anger or bitterness. But when we come to him, that's why when you say like, if you tell this mountain to move, it will move. Why? Because you say, so be it. So be it. That's why faith is so powerful. I believe it to be so. It's not blessings, Greg. It's amen. Let it be. May it be. Everything that we just did in this prayer, God, uh, everything that I felt, all the things that I, I handed them over to you, so be it. Some of you have handed things over to God and you just left, you're still holding them. Because <laughs> you didn't, so be it. There's a faith-filled statement when you say, so be it. So, that's all I got. And it was a little fun message, right? And a little change-up. But Gabby, while you come on up, I just want to press in those, those three. Even if, but God, so be it. Very honestly, you, if you know Christ, you have the very faithfulness of God at work in you. Like, that's just Beautiful. Some of you, you've tried to shield yourself with too many things for far too long. And like, let's, can we be honest? You don't know faithfulness. And maybe you can literally start say, saying things, oh, you're good. Maybe for the first time you can start saying things like, God, even if, even if I have never given my life to you before, I feel like it's needed now. Even if all the times when I thought I was praying to you and it felt like I was talking to a wall and it seemed like you were distant, even if that is my past, I want you now. I'm, I'm starting to realize, God, but you have changed things. Some of you could really be very honest with him this morning about maybe the unfaithful state of your heart for years. And maybe the, for the first time you could be, here I am. So I'm going to pray for us. David's going to come up, lead us in communion, and we're going to worship together. God, I thank you for the ability to not just be your child, but God, the ability to faithfully match your level of undeniable adoration and loyalty to us. So God, I think you grow in me that ability. May I see it. May I take ownership of it. May I realize that you have given me the ability to stand with you, Lord, and reciprocate your love to literally copy and paste it so that you could be pleased and glorified. God, I pray that we could be a church 
that is faithful, a faithful bride to her groom. God, I pray that we can be a so be it place where mountains are moved, that we can be an even if place, even if we have to leave the YMCA, we will still praise you. Even if all hell breaks loose, I will still stand. God, I pray that we can be a church that is always saying, but God, to you be the glory, Jesus, both now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.